What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of 94 Feet with Coach JT. Um, do me a favor, leave a like and comment below. And um, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the man to the YouTube channel for the drops. Visit the website, 94feetwithcoachjt.com. Got some dope merch on there for you, some stuff for the kids, uh, everyday wear, whatever you want to get, man. Just, it just supports the call, support the uh, podcast. Um, today, man, you got, got a, a somewhat of a local uh, guest on the show for me, but she's from right down the way, from the 559. Uh, in 2017, she graduated um, from Clovis West High School. She went down in Fresno. She also was a CIF Open Division Champion uh, winner. Finished her year as uh, ESPN Max Preps and the Army National uh, top one of the top guards high school team in the nation. Played for uh, you know Cal High Sports State Team of the Year. Man, her numbers are crazy. I think they went 40 and 0 on their four straight Tri Rivers Athletic Conference Championships and four Valley Championships. Her teams never finished outside the top 10 in the state. Um, it, the list goes on and on and on, man. She has a, just a, um, a Max Preps All-State Team selection, named MVP um, and co-MVP her junior year and then senior year. It, B Player of the Year, it's it's, it's wild, man. She in, then from Fresno ended up going to San Jose State where she was a four-year letterman. Um, currently right now, she's on the East Coast after graduating. Again, I say after graduating um, and getting her fifth year over on the school in the East Coast, man. So um, I want to give a big shout-out from somebody who's down the street, but also I got some people from Fresno, so I got to make sure I do it right. Danae Marquez. Danae, how you doing? I'm good, man. Excited to be here. Excited to, you know, share my story, use my platform to voice some things. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate you. I know we talked about you right now, already kind of taking a break from practice or work. I know how the, how it is, right? You got limited time. You got to get back to the grind, get some rest. So, um, as you know, 94 feet, especially coming from Clovis, I mean, that way, Fresno, they pick up 94 feet. <laughs> all day a lot of teams in fresno so we're gonna jump right into it let's let's talk about fresno man i got a little history for some friends down there but i mean i want to hear from you man let's talk about growing up in fresno man, what, what part man i love the 559 man born and raised from the 559 um i definitely always support that always say that's where i'm from you know growing up in fresno it's such a community type of you know, life, I will say, you got you got people that are older age coming down to support you. I remember when I was in high school, we'd have we'd have older age people that didn't even have anybody on the team. They just were trying to see our run and they came to support. And, you know, that's what it's all about, the community and just the atmosphere of playing. You know, people think Fresno is such a small town when in reality it's really not. But everybody knows each other. That's the crazy part. You know, Fresno and Clovis go hand in hand. Yep. So doing um let's so break let's let's get back to let's break it down from like day one from you though again being with Fresno right and then being out there has basketball always been your sport or what other sports did you dibble and dabble in Definitely. growing up? Definitely, you know I played I played mostly all of them until I got into my freshman year of high school. You know I started focusing more on basketball because I was playing I was playing with two AU teams my high school AU team and my travel AU team. Shout out to Cal Sparks. That's my, that was my travel team. Yeah. And then, you know, now obviously when the school season started, we were going year-round. I probably had two weeks off per summer. Um, granted, that's probably what kept me from getting into trouble, so basketball probably saved my life. But it was all about the grind. And, you know, being a part of Clovis West, that's, you know, that's something different. The program and the dynasty and the culture that Craig Campbell has built, 
is something remarkable. You look at all these kids that he has going to different colleges, no matter what level, what division, they're going to the next level and they're getting their education paid for. That's, that's the crazy part. And I think being a part of a culture like that, you know, prepared me for the next level even more. I saw a few of my freshman teammates struggle. I came in with eight freshmen when I went to San Jose State. And, you know, some of them struggled a little bit. And I think I was more than ready just due to the standard that Campbell held us at. Definitely, definitely. That's what's up. I, I, like I said, spoke to you offline a bit. Got to see you guys play at the Golden One and also the history of knowing how that program and being from there um, is. But so how would you say the that program and then your upbringing kind of go hand in hand to what you accomplished, what you had to overcome and, and, and go through throughout your life in sports? Definitely. You know, my upbringing for the most part was good. You know, I had some family issues here and there, but I mean, what kid doesn't, you know, in this day and age? Um, shout out to my moms. She raised us. She's raising me and my sister still. You know, I'm not grown, even though I like to say I'm grown. <laughs> yeah. um, shout out to my moms. My upbringing definitely goes hand in hand with Clovis West. You know, the culture, I will say that my mom, my mom expected the best out of me. And that's what that's what Clovis West expected. I will say that, you know, being great wasn't good enough. It was what are you doing off the court to be great? Mm. How are you making your teammates better? What are you doing to be known as something other than a basketball player? You know, I had the privilege of representing Clovis West in a lot of different events my senior year. Um, being at the district office, talking about how we can incorporate new things for students, you know, being on the honor roll, a bunch of stuff that was so outside of basketball and just trying to be able to relate to young kids and letting them know that this is something that they can do. You know, I used to train younger little girls when I was in high school and it was something I really enjoyed. And I think part of that, the mentoring part is something big that shows like, you don't really get that in every area. You don't really find people that truly care and they're not in it for the money. Right. Definitely. That's, I mean, I'm in, I've been education and coaching for years and I definitely always feel that way. But for you, where does that type of man, cause it's not for everybody. What does that patience, humbleness, love come from? Because you're giving up your time. You have to be selfless, you know, in one aspect yeah. and you have to be caring. Where does that part come from? I definitely will say that comes from my family. My family has always been more than supportive of me and my basketball dreams and my abilities. You know, I've always been doubted. I'm 5'4". I'm a Hispanic guard. I'm not the most athletic. I don't look the quickest. But, you know, when I get on the court, it's, it's, it's go time. And, you know, I had to shake a lot of people's perspectives. And, you know, in doing that, it instilled this underdog mentality in me. And I honestly think that's what made me go so hard. And I think that came from my partly from my heritage, being a brown person in a predominantly, you know, white school, but also being, just being in that environment, I wanted to prove everybody wrong. That's, 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 everybody loves the underdog, however, but I love the, the authentic ones, the people who really live Literally. and go through yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it 100, yeah. always. That's what's up. Um, and we talked about, like, going, you mentioned just as far as, like, the, some little bit of adversity, some, like, family life being, Everybody has their stories, yeah. right? But, um, again, like I said, man, having some of my best friends to this day from Fresno, being out there, living situations, and seeing how we've come far. Um, I'll admit, what part of town was Fresno? Um, what part, was it in Clovis, or where did you actually grow up in? No, I was I was actually in Fresno. Okay. Uh, when, I was going, when I was in elementary school, I lived in the Calicot area, okay. which some people would like to call that Pinedale, not the best okay. area. Yeah. And then when we got into high school, I lived right by Clovis West, 
So I lived in a nicer area. My parents actually split. So I lived with my, me and my mom, my sister lived with my grandparents uh, throughout my high school years and my eighth grade year at Kasner. So, you know, it was different dynamic as far as we. I was growing up in a two-parent household, you know, and then my parents, you know, they split up, had some things happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life happens. It is what it is. Um, you just got to move forward and keep pushing. That's definitely something that these trials and tribulations have taught me. Um, the grind does not stop for anybody. And I am thankful for basketball because it kept me straight. That's what's up. So early on in life, again, being a multiple sport athlete, but then once you start really honing in on hoop, thinking next level, who were some of the people you may have emulated or looked up to at that time? Who did you find that you could kind of like, okay, I, I can at like the this time, At the time, uh, Fresno State, the Fresno State team, Adrian Wiggins was the coach. And, you know, they had Julissa Ross, mm-hmm. Taja Edwards. They had these amazing players. And Julissa Ross is actually, like, part of my family now. Um, she was one of my biggest mentors. She trained me. While she was going to Fresno State, she ended up actually being my first AAU coach, recruited me on her team when I was in seventh grade. We were playing with the playing against 15, 16 year olds, getting our butts red. But, you know, it made me better. Uh, Definitely her. I would say Campbell. As far as NBA players, I was a big fan of AI. Um, Like the 08 Lakers, you know, when they had Sasha Lujic, Shannon Brown, Derek Fisher, Kobe, Pau Gasol, you know. When they was playing the Celtics back-to-back years, I mean, I used to sleep with Derek Rose and AI's rookie card underneath (laughs) my pillow. (laughs) Like, I wanted to be them. So, definitely them. And then, you know, I have to give a shout-out to one of my first trainers, too, Matthew Kemper. Uh, He played... He played overseas. He was like six nine. He taught me how to shoot, man. Okay. He taught me how to shoot. That's what's up. So it definitely takes a takes a village to get it done, but that's uh, the it resources. It definitely takes a village. That's super dope. Um, so let's talk about on that high, crazy high school run you guys go on, right? It was just that environment, right? How? Because again, yeah. that gave you a taste for college, I'm sure, as far as the schedule. Give me a brief, or those listening as well. How? What was your schedule like with playing hoop and going to school at that level of high school? Even though it's kids, right? It's high oh, school, man. right? But what was your yeah. schedule like? Campbell, yeah, Campbell expected the best out of us. Uh, me and my couple of my teammates, Sarah Bates, Tess Amundsen, we actually used to come to school during zero period, which mm-hmm. wasn't required. The boys would have zero period, and the, the men's coach used to let us in, and we used to get extra shots up and play once. And then we'd go throughout our day of school, and then after six period, we'd get out, I think, at like 2.40 maybe, mm-hmm. something like that. And we had practice from 3 to 5.30, sometimes 3 to 5.45, but never only two hours. Campbell always kept us at least two hours and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after that, we're – we're talking to Campbell about what we did good in practice, what we didn't do well in practice, or watching film. We're, you know, in the in the gym, but not really in the gym. You know, we're off the court in the gym. It's like basketball never really stopped. Then, you know, you get home at about 6 o'clock, you take a shower. You got to do about an hour, hour, 30 minutes of homework. You got to study if you have to study, and then you got to eat dinner with the fam. So I'm looking at maybe starting to chill and relax probably like 9 o'clock on a good day. Man, yeah. Already, already. And that definitely, yeah, that definitely prepared me for the collegiate mm-hmm. level. I, I really will say for any young athletes listening, uh, time management is going to be your best friend. Learning how to time manage yeah. yourself in high school is what's going to prepare you for the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Uh, I definitely, I'm definitely feeling that. Um, as far as you talked about the coach, right? And I, today's times, I try to tell my players, anybody I'm talking to or whatever, 
relationships. It seems like you guys had a good relationship. Oh yeah, we still to this day. Yeah, I mean that's that's family right there. I text him. We text we text often. When I was making my decision to come play for UNBC, I was you know in his ear calling him, asking him what he thought about opinions, different things. When I'm back in town, you know I try to at least get one workout in with him. You know, I'm constantly, I was, I just went to see the girls uh, Valley Championship run and state run this spring because I was off and I had the privilege of watching them play, you know, walking to the gym and it's like old times, you know, same coaching staff amongst some new new faces, obviously, but the girls, you know, they still know me. Some of those girls I don't even know, I've never played with, never worked with. And so, you know, that's all about the culture, the culture that's instilled and just the standard. I will say, like, our senior year, we were under a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of expectations for us to win state, I will say. We knew we had the talent. We just didn't know if we were going to be able to put it together. But you look at our roster, you look at our roster and our schedule, we beat everybody on our schedule. We're talking about six top ten teams, one team from one team from Nevada, Centennial. They're the number one team in Nevada for the last, like, three, four years, like, back-to-back state champions. You know, you're talking about our run at the TOC, the Tournament of Champions in Arizona, one of the top tournaments in the nation for high school basketball. We play in the top, top division where you have at least 12 to 14 college coaches coming to every game. We're the only public school. We win the whole thing. We win four, we win four games straight. You know, we come out of that number one in the nation, number one in the state. You know, arguably California has some of the best cal- some of the best basketball across the country, let's be real. So, you know, we're we're coming, we're dealing with all of that. And, you know, we get invited to Hawaii, which is invite only. And, you know, we go and we lose committee in the championship after we avenge our loss to Pauly. We're playing against just amazing talent. You know, each team has two, three D1 players at least, you know. So I will say, like, the pressure that that, that, that put on us definitely prepared us for the next level as well, you know. Granted, we did have five D1 kids and one sophomore that already had D1 offers. So, you know, our roster was pretty stacked. Yeah. Shout out to the public school anyway, though. <laughs> Shout out to the public school. school. Hey, Definitely. You know I mean? we, we can't offer no money for people to come, but, you know, <laughs> people were there. It takes a grind, man, for sure. So what is during this whole little run, and we, like I love to talk about adversities, right? Everybody, we celebrate wins. But what are some of the things that you say really you've had, you, you personally as a player and as a team maybe had to, overcome get through or make sure everybody um you know you, yeah you know kind of just jumping into that a little yeah. bit um i'm gonna kind of branch off to when i was gonna say i stayed yeah. a little bit but i will say like the biggest adversities that you get personally are kind of fighting what you what you think you should be doing on the court as in producing what you expect you know mm-hmm. i myself am super hard on myself as a point guard because i'm constantly feeling like i not only have to lead my team but i have to lead by example and I have to be vocal, you know, and when I'm not producing, it's hard for me to expect the same amount of my teammates, you know. Adversity comes throughout the season. It That's just part of a basketball season. You got like a six-month season, sometimes longer, and, you know, you're going to expect injuries. You're going to expect people to start overthinking and getting in their head. You're going to expect people to be mad about their playing time and not quite understand that. Sometimes you have to step back and know your role. Mm-hmm. Um you have players that think they should be the star when in reality they just fit they should be a utility player you know we we definitely dealt with all these things by communicating healthily i would say 
me having a good relationship with my teammates was probably the key to our success. We were able to sit down and actually talk to each other about how each other was feeling and being open and honest about how we were feeling, not having to shy away from criticism or shy away from feeling nervous to say something in practice. We all held each other accountable, and that's the biggest thing I think is why we were successful in college and in high school. I think holding each other accountable really um, comes forth. As far as personal adversity, you know, when I got into college, it was a whole different world. My freshman and sophomore year, we weren't that great. But my sophomore year, I was start, I was starting playing by like 34 minutes a game or more. And, you know, I was producing, but we wasn't winning. Mm-hmm. And my junior year, I come in and my coach tells me like, look, you're a captain, but I'm going to need you to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big mental switch for me personally. Um, I had some family things that kind of came to surface and I started struggling with my mental health, you know, just anxiety came and then depression followed. And, you know, for a while I was kind of lost in the fog and, you know, I was nervous to ask for help, nervous to even understand quite what I was feeling just because as an athlete, they expect you to always be on 10, you know? And what I mean by that is they always expect you to be great. It's almost as if there's no room to fail. And, you know, you know, people say it's okay to fail and stuff, but let's be real. It's not. It's Athletes are not expected to fail. They're expected to produce. And, you know, we're not sometimes looked at as people, I feel. We're looked at as another person that's supposed to fulfill a role. And, you know, it's hard when you're not fulfilling that role and, you know, you start overthinking. And I got in my head a little bit and I let that take over. Um I struggled emotionally, and I think that took a toll on me physically. Mm-hmm. Um, once I finally realized that I needed help and I felt comfortable asking for help, you know, I went to my head coach, and she let me take some time off. And I came back, and I got I got help. I started meeting with someone. I started, you know, discussing my inner demons that were kind of coming to surface and affecting my game on the court. And, you know, I'm much better now. I still battle anxiety, you know, day to day. There's triggers that will always be there. But I now understand how to healthily cope, you know, not partying and doing the wrong things that, you know, it's so easy to go towards. And I just want to make it known that it's okay if you're an athlete at any level and you struggle with these things. You should never feel like you can't come to your coaching staff or a close teammate or your parents or a counselor at school. These things are huge. Um, I'm a psychology major, and this is something that I really feel like athletes have to have a bigger platform to speak on because we are expected to be so much and to do so much for our universities and high schools that we represent. And I just feel like sometimes you got to sit back, take a breath and choose yourself. I just, it's okay to choose yourself, y'all. It's, it's okay. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, again, right now at the forefront of that, I mean, I, th- I think, man, it's, I think back then, even when I was playing, God, I feel hella old now, but I'm not old enough I guess I'm in the middle but just we didn't identify it well back then as a mental health issue or something like that because like you said it wasn't, exactly. looked, it wasn't looked at to be that but that really what it was right and we probably handled exactly. it differently but now I do I gotta show we gotta shine more light on it and support more people athletes or not just as far as everyday people because mental health doesn't have to come in sports either right it can come on your regular definitely. job you know so I think I mean yeah I mean look at Simone Biles she just sat out the Olympics Right. And that is the biggest stage you can ever be on to ask to perform. And she chose herself. And, you know, a lot of people that just quite aren't educated on her are backlashing her and expecting mm-hmm. more out of her. When in reality, she's suffering from PTSD due to sexual assault. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't even know what post-traumatic stress disorder is. 
and it's just like why are we not talking about these things why are these things not normalized you know there are a lot of male and female athletes that I know that keep their demons in the closet and it it affects them on the court on the field you know whatever their sport may be and just I just think this is an area that we especially have to be more open to sharing about um it's not easy to share it's difficult to discuss you know your inner demons especially for me at least but i know that at least if i can help one person right. to come out and share their story and get right. the help that they need then I'm, I'm doing my part in as being a basketball player as being an athlete as being a person honestly right i definitely have to agree with that i mean i went through it as a coach didn't know that's what it was early on when it happened but yeah i had to find an outlet and i picked up writing like Two years ago, I had I could I would say I had went through a little bit of that, and I was like I got instead of maybe not telling everybody or certain people, I started writing. I'm like now, Definitely. I'm like so many pages into my little journal. I was like, damn, I've been writing for two years, mm-hmm. you know, but just writing to help me kind of just get it down and and move on yeah. and stuff like that. So I hope and pray everybody finds that thing that they can use as an outlet safely. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, co- and coping healthily. That's that's the biggest thing. Yes. You know, you turn it into drugs and alcohol, and it's very easy to lose your whole future and lose sight of your whole future. We, we got journaling, we got meditation, we got, you know, we got some headspace, we got podcasts. I like listening to podcasts sometimes, too. Right. You know, you got music. There's just so many different outlets. You just have to find what works for you and understand what triggers you. Yeah, I think also we just make sure, like you said, though, make people, let people know that it's okay to be unknown or be in that space, but then now it's okay for you to ask for help or talk about the people who are going to because there are people there is ways to get help though yeah. you know it doesn't get Definitely highlighted like the regular commercials right it's not on every commercial but now you see more of it on a commercial or hopefully through a podcast they can know okay you can come talk or listen and uh hear something mm-hmm. that's going on so I it's okay yep it's okay to choose yourself definitely i know especially me being a point guard um i struggle with that at times because i always put my team first mm-hmm I'm a very I'm a very team first point guard, you know, like whatever we need to do is what I'm gonna do to get done. I don't care about scoring, I don't care about the highlight tape. I wanna know what I have to do to get the dub. And you know, sometimes that takes sacrifice, which we should, because we're at this level, like it does take sacrifice to be great. But you gotta know your limits with the sacrifice. Yeah, definitely that's a super dope though. I mean, hey, that's 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 the area where it's always need attention, man. So you're doing your part, I'll say that, man, and congratulations to you for overcoming that. Um I want to hit on San Jose Thank a little you. bit while you're out there again. Yeah. From Fresno, going to college out there. Just from from your high school transition to college, what are some things that you say you you know you can identify that you may have had to work on or build upon to really get on that court and make an impact? Coming from a high school career who was like one of whatever, like you're a one percent have that type of crazy high school career and then go like now yeah. you're like gotta start from scratch. Somewhere. You know. You know, like you said, in my high school career, I went 40-0 and 0 in my league games. And, you know, I probably lost a total of 15 games in four years, maybe. Um, and then I come and we have a losing season my freshman and sophomore year. And that was eye-opening. You know, I will say that high school competition, no matter what level you play at, is not the same as Division One, Athletically, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And playing at the collegiate level, anyone can win on any given day, even if they're not the better team. You know, you have travel. Where I played in the Mountain West Conference, where everywhere was out of state except two teams. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at I go to cl- I go to practice from eight to ten thirty on Monday, and then I get on. Then I go to class from twelve to one fifteen, and then I get on a two p.m. flight out to Boise State, and then I'm expected to eat dinner and go to sleep, mm-hmm. dealing with time change altitude 
right. then the next day we practice, have shoot around, and then we play. Right. You know, and then we we get on the plane the very next morning at six a.m. and we're expected to go to class and practice. That is just not realistic in high school. You just do not have that. Right. You know, preparing preparing your mind for the traveling. That is just the the expectation level. And I will say, like, no matter how far away the game is, meaning if you're up twenty, down twenty, anyone can come back and win. The game is never over. It is never over at the collegiate level. I we came back on a team down twenty three at half. And you know, I'm looking at the score like, were we down twenty three? Like, how did we do that? You know? Um, and the biggest thing is that everyone is good. No matter what level you play at, if you get to play at the next level, everyone is good. Everyone can play defense. Everyone can score. There's about 50 people that play just like you. Hmm. So what makes you different? How are you going to establish yourself to be different? Is it your character? Is it your is it your energy? Is it your effort? Are there, are there things that you do that someone else can't do? You know, are you disposable, essentially? And, you know, I had to figure out what my little niche was. You know, how are you going to stand out? And it's, and more importantly, you got to get out of yourself and get into your team. If you go into college thinking, oh, I'm going to be the scorer, I'm going to I'm going to be like I was in high school, you know, it's, it's the me show. You're never going to play. You're going to sit the bench. And that's just it is what it is, because at the end of the day, our coaches are going to play whoever they want and do whatever they need to to get the dub. You know, you have to understand. Yeah, you have to you have to understand that you are your coach's paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, because ultimately like, the job is on the line. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't understand that. You know, we are our coaches' paychecks. They're recruiting us here essentially to do a job. Right. You know, you need to you need to be ready to represent your job, aka your university, in the way that you want to be seen. Because the people that are seeing you on the court, I mean, like you see that you saw me play in high school. Mm-hmm. What if I would have acted a fool and you know done this, that, and the third? You would have remembered me like that. Yes, ma'am. You know, we're we're constantly being looked at in the public eye. The way you represent yourself on social media, what yes. you're posting, what you're what you're liking, you know, all these type of things. Especially now with these endorsements mm-hmm. coming out, you know, it's it's even bigger. It's up in the game. You know, you just got to be ready to be an adult, and that comes with that comes with this university that you pick. You need to pick the best fit for you basketball-wise and off the court. Because I will tell you right now, if you're unhappy in one of those realms, it's not going to it's not gonna be fun. Hmm. Are, you in an, are you in an environment to better yourself? Or are you in an environment where you're going to stay complacent? You know, are you somewhere that's going to better yourself? You know, just things like that. I went to San Jose State because of my head coach, Jamie Craighead. You know, she felt like family, and I was not wrong. She took care of me all four years, and that's my dog. I could call her right now if I needed her, and she would fly out here. You know, just just little things like that. You know, make sure you really pay attention to the connection. And are your coaches actually trying to get to know you, or they're trying to get to know you as a basketball player? Mm. You know, you you got to be able to have a relationship off the court with your coach. That's that's super dope. It's dropping gems like straight from the from the mouth though, which is dope. Like I say, because you're for me, it's dope because you're still in it. So and again, I've had a lot of you know older athletes not here, somewhat older, but just some kids may not relate to. But you're you're still in the mix of it and got the numbers, got Definitely. the got the you know what I'm saying stamped approved yeah. locally. Y'all feel you, you know, feel and me? then but. it's it's crazy because I'm going on my first year where endorsements are allowed now, mm-hmm. and you know I'm I'm seeing all these kids, you know, they're in the hype of oh, what endorsement can I get at what university? You know, oh my gosh, if I go to this school, I'm probably going to make this amount of money. And I'm like, that's not what this is about. 
Like, yes, it's amazing that we get to have the opportunity now. Hell yeah. You know, if I would have went to Fresno State out of high school and this was a this was a job still and then this was allowed, maybe I would have had a bunch of local endorsements, you mm-hmm. know? Just stuff like that. But you have to understand that we're we're what? We're seventeen, eighteen coming out of high school and Yes, the university may be able to make you money off endorsements, but is it going to better you on the court? Is it going to prepare you for life after basketball? Basketball ain't forever, and I think a lot of people get that mixed up, you know, especially on the women's side. You know, if you don't go overseas, you're most likely not playing professional unless you go to a power five, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just like I don't think kids understand, even teenagers, even young adults like myself. I'm looking at these contracts that some people are signing, and I'm like, could I handle a contract like that right now? Do I have the mental capacity to make the best decisions all the time? You know, you know, do I want to put, am I going to constantly put myself in a position where I'm not going to lose this contract? You know, that's a lot of pressure, especially now with these high school, high school students, like, are they going to be able to actually enjoy their high school careers or are they going to be so caught up in making money that they're going to, you know, they're not going to, they're going to lose sight of, what brought them to the sport in the first place, which is the love for the game. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm learning stuff as we speak, though. That's, that's super dope. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had some time to think about this stuff. Well, and I think also, right, your experience is the best teacher. You've actually been through this and had to make adjustments on the fly, had to uh, say yes, say no, cut people off, say whatever. I want to... So, Coming from, we just want to. I want to go back a little bit, real quick, if I can. Go ahead, yeah. Just talk about um, the Fresno opportunities as far as just the outside of basketball life. Because again, I, some of my, like I said, my boys are from Fresno, and they they got out of Fresno to be able to. As, you know, everybody wants to make it, right? You have to change your surroundings at at, at some point in time in your I life. I definitely agree with that. How yes, was how like, was that type of how know, was that feel for you? You know, I, I didn't have the opportunity to go to Fresno State. I went on an unofficial visit with a few of my teammates, but they ended up not offering anybody in my class. Hmm. Um, but if I would have had the opportunity, I probably wouldn't have went. And, you know, Fresno State is a great university, absolutely great university, great women's basketball program. Yep. But I knew in order to grow the way I wanted to grow, I needed to get out of Fresno. Right. And, you know, in looking back on it, I could have stayed. I could have went into coaching for my high school, probably could have been coaching for my head coach that's still there now. But I wouldn't have grown and had this knowledge and kind of grown into my own type of person, you know. Um, Fresno has a lot of crime going on right now. You know, sadly, we just saw another another guy, another young young adult, 22 right. years old, shot. And rest in love, Kev. Um, I knew him. He was a cool homie and you know it's it's sad to see and that's part of why people want to get out of fresno though right and you know i think the opportunities at the bay area southern california even you know i'm in baltimore maryland now and there's just so many ways to apply yourself to apply your brand to figure out what 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 you want and what works for you and the only way to do that is to get out of yourself to get uncomfortable to be comfortable with being uncomfortable if i'm being real and I think that's exactly why I left. And that's exactly why now I know what I want to do. And that's why now I know I do want to help people in Fresno get out of Fresno. And it sucks because that's my hometown and I love it to death. and It'll always be home, but the opportunities are not endless there, I will say. Right. That's what's up. I mean, 
again, and like, so we, and then sorry, sorry to hear about your friend. Rest in peace to the young man. It's going around worldwide too. Like I've been, I'm up in SAC. We've had a little run everywhere, right? Yeah. Also on the flip side, now I'm gonna give it a, a, a flip turn. I mean, last night we saw a kid from Fresno playing on national TV. Yeah, look at that. And then, you know, Fresno's on the map this year, man. We had the number three WNBA pick. We had Aaron McDonald. And then we had Jalen Green, number two. And those are two kids from supposedly a farmer's town. You know, most people that don't know anything about Fresno think that we live on a farm. Mm -hmm. I had half of my teammates in San Jose making jokes with me saying I live on a farm. And I'm looking at them like, y'all are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what? (laughs) Like, yes, we're known for agriculture, but... There is not just farms out there, you know, like there's two athletes that are now professional athletes that are putting Fresno on the map. Yeah. And we have a bunch of people going to go overseas, you know, it's just, it's all about the opportunities. And sadly, it is about what high school you go to. And it is about, you know, it's political at the same time. You know, I hate that basketball comes down to being political at times, but it's true. I definitely, I hear you, and I'm definitely going to take the time to shout out my two homies um, from Fresno. Aaron Haynes just retired from South Korea, 15-plus years. And, also, and then Chris Haynes was on Yahoo Sports and uh, TNT. I saw him and Jalen Hunt last night, you know what I mean? And, again, it's, it's it's not all about where you're from. It's about what you do with it to get out of there exactly. or, to make, or to make it, right? So, I mean, it's through perseverance, which is which everybody has their story. Those guys have their story, too, like you. So, it's that grind never stopped, though, too, right? That never give up. Make those decisions, exactly. type thing. Um, man, again, I'm, let's talk student athlete though, because again, you talked about the schedule, the classes. You just man, you graduated yeah. in, the, in the summer or the spring with your degree in what? Yes, yeah, so I got my ba- I graduated in the spring and I got my bachelor's in psychology with the minor in justice studies. Okay. Um, originally, I wanted to go into criminology, so I kind of just minored in that to see, if, you know, that might be something I wanted to go into for my master's, you know, but. Um, Basically, with that, you know, I graduated with honors, thankfully. Thankful and blessed for that. But um, it was tough, you know. My my third year, junior year, is always the toughest. You start going into your upper area classes. You're out of your GEs, and you're actually starting to get focused on your major. But, you know, I remember a specific class. I brought my travel letters. So travel letters are basically where you give your professor the days that you're going to be missing class due to games or, you know, basketball, basically. And I handed her it, and she said, oh, you should um, drop my class. And I said, excuse me, what? And she's like, you're not going to pass my class. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, all these dates you're missing? Yeah, that's too much. You're going you're, you're gonna to fail. And, you know, I ended up passing the class perfectly fine. But that just to put into perspective how hard it really is and how much it really takes to be a student athlete. You know, you get a lot of students who don't understand and they're like, why do athletes get this? Why do athletes get that? And it's like, because we're essentially owned by the school. We we do not have a life. You know, we're up there in the summer for six weeks. We mm-hmm. get four weeks, four weeks, five weeks off the most. Some schools require two sessions of summer. So you're up there June and July with a week or two off at most. We don't get Christmas break off. We get three days if we're lucky, and then we come Uh, back and we have a game the next day. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. We're always having a Thanksgiving uh, tournament. Right. We don't get Halloween off. We don't don't get any holidays off. You'd be lucky if you don't have to practice on your birthday. Like, let's be real. And so it's just like all this sacrifice that it takes to be a student athlete is damn sure worth the full ride scholarship. No way. Like, there's just no way it is. And... 
the the mental toughness and physical toughness that it takes you know you're looking at a we're looking at summer right now you're taking a summer course which is a hybrid so it's elevated so you have a test and an essay and probably a quiz due per week right and then you have my schedule this summer has been six to nine a.m we go six to six thirty conditioning and then we go six thirty to seven forty five weights and then we're seven forty five to nine o'clock on the court. And that's that's four or five days a week. Mm. And who wants to do that with their summer? Let's be real. Who wants to wake up at five in the morning every morning and go out and run on the track? Nobody. You know? Maybe some track athletes, I don't know, but I definitely am not one of those people. And, you know, I was here for the set, the second summer session, but some of my teammates have been here, and this is their 10th week here. Mm. 10 weeks, and some of these students are graduate students, meaning that they didn't even get to celebrate graduating college. They came straight out of graduation and were here. You know, so it's just like, let's put that into perspective when people start talking about how athletes don't deserve this and athletes don't deserve that. Most people just aren't educated on what our schedule really looks like because a college schedule you know, my college schedule looked like this. I had classroom 10 to 11.45, and then I had 12.15 to 1.30, and then I had practice. I had pre-practice shooting from 1.30 to 2, and then I had practice from 2 to 4, and then after practice, I had treatment from 4 to 4.30, and then after treatment, I had mandatory study hall from 5 to 7, mm-hmm. and then I finally get to eat dinner and go to my dorm, and then let's redo the day to the next day, mm-hmm. and that's six days a week. Mm. We have forty. We have forty-hour week requirements, which means our coaches get to keep us with bas- anything basketball oriented for forty hours full-time a job. week. So let's be real here. That's a full-time job. So uh, I just, I really, I feel so strongly about that when people start, you know, knocking on athletes, especially just students, because they have to pay for school. And I'm like, I'm sorry that you have to pay for school. That really, uh, you really shouldn't have to. But you're not sacrificing what I'm sacrificing. Yeah, oh, you know, before cool. COVID, the COVID is the longest break I've ever had in my life right. since seventh grade. Right. Before that, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I had a summer off. Like I really couldn't tell you. Right. I definitely. And not. you know, if that doesn't put stuff into perspective, you know, I just, I don't really know what does. Yeah, that's real. That's definitely it's the full time job. And you know, and you know, I'm playing at a high mid major. I wasn't even playing at a power five school. Right. Some of these power five schools schedules are even worse. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's a, a lot to get through for sure. Uh, so in your grad years now on the east in Baltimore is what's the what's yeah. the what's the major what's the major now? Um, I'm going into applied sociology. Basically, what I see my future with is I'm going to get this degree. It's a three-semester program, so hopefully next fall I'll be Mm -hmm. graduating, you know, if everything goes well. But um, I really want to get my doctorate in sports psychology. Okay. And I want to eventually open my own practice. I want to help athletes' families, their kids, you know, anything of that nature. And I really want to focus on trauma, meaning I feel like there's a lot of trauma that comes across in people's lives that they never truly handle. Whether that's an injury, a family, a loss of a family member, a loss of, you know, a friend, et cetera. They battle in their inner demons. And I just want to help athletes. I want to help their families. I want to help their kids if that's what it takes. And I want to, I want to be that person for them. That's what's up. Special individual for sure. It takes a special person. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I 
Now I, I kind of like to close with, um, as we know in basketball, triple threat, right? So uh, score, mm-hmm. pass, shoot, whatever, dribble. But this is question is just for you as well. Give me a triple threat, but it can be in whatever, in life, in sports, whatever. Just the people like in. Again, we're giving free game to people out there who are listening, from people you may know, may not know you. But just what's your triple threat right now at this point in your life and where you're at? Man, my triple threat right now, I will say, is honesty, loyalty, and commitment. And, you know, those are very broad things to say. But I will say with honesty, I mean, being honest in everything I do and being willing to having uncomfortable conversations with comfortable people meaning if i have to tell my best friend like look i can't be there for this because of this reason Mm -hmm. i have to do that if i can't go to a party with my teammates because it's not the best thing for me i can't do that if i can't be here for this i can't do that if i made a mistake i gotta man up and own that mistake you know trying to have honest intentions in everything i do so so karma doesn't fall back you know i'm a really big person on karma I, i do believe that what's done in the dark will come to light so having true and honest and pure intentions will truly have you succeed you know and then i mentioned loyalty you know i stayed at my university for four years and my first two years man we probably won a total of eight nine games Mm -hmm. and i'm so big i trusted my coaching staff i trusted my head coach and i was so loyal to my teammates i couldn't even think about transferring you know i i think I think people transfer so easily now because they're just unhappy. There's not really a set reason why they're transferring. And, uh, you know, granted, I don't know everyone's story, but I do know that the grass ain't always greener on the other side. Um, I try to be loyal in my relationships on and off the court. I try to be loyal with my friends, my teammates, and especially my family. Um, I feel like loyalty goes a long ways. And people that are loyal to you, like, they deserve 10 back. And commitment Uh, commitment is big for me. Uh, I feel like I have struggled with this at times, but I think I finally have gotten the grasp on it as I've gotten older. My commitment to the grind, meaning getting up 30 minutes of extra shots three times a week, you know, if if that's what's going to make me a better player. You know, getting treatment that extra 30 minutes three times a week, if that's what's going to keep me healthy in March. Being committed to my family, being committed to my school, and being committed to myself. You know, I have goals and aspirations personally, and if I don't hold myself accountable, I don't remain grounded, it's not going to come. And I feel like if you have those three things in life, you're going to go a long way. All right. She, you hit it on the head right there. I appreciate it, man. Again, so just much, much love, respect to you going forward. I mean, uh, handle your business you know, out much there. Love. I appreciate you reaching out to me, you know. Sacktown ain't too far from the know. Oh, yeah. If you ever no. stop by, we for sure got to get some grub or something. Oh, yeah. All love. Definitely. Like I said, shout out to my boy B with uh, Clutch Clothing, too, man. Shout out to B, man. Just linking this up for us. But again, dope yeah, story. Shout out to Clutch. That's a great that's yeah. a great little brand right there. I'm excited to see what we're going to do with it. Um, I think, you know, proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Tap in with Clutch Lifestyle Clothing. Use my uh, code, Danae22, for 20% off. Yep, hit it up. Clutch Clothing, life, Clutch Lifestyle Clothing. Hit the 94 Feet with Coach JT website, and you heard it here first, man. Good luck. Handle your business, and we're going to tap in. Yes, sir. Right, Thank you so you. much. All right, have a good one. You too. Yep.